One of the best parts about this podcast, Jack, for us is to bring in hyper-local uh, icons of any sport, any walk of life. But when they can tie in faith as well, it becomes a really special connection. Exactly. What our guest has done in the sports community in Columbus and the surrounding area has been absolutely fantastic. It's the first time we ever got a recommended guest to be on our show. Episode 14 of All Your Sidelines starts now. When the final buzzer sounds, the game is over, but their story isn't. Time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast with the News 3 sports team. Bring it in, everybody. I'm sports director Rex Castillo, joined by weekend sports anchor Jack Patterson. Before we get into our guest, y'all, another incredible guest lined up for you guys. Of course, we always do that t-shirt check. Jack, always proud to represent the alma mater. Who are you rocking today? I'm rocking the alma mater today, and I'm also stoking up some rivalry tensions up in here. Uh, I'm rocking the Shaw hoodie, the Shaw football hoodie today, and... No, you know, you've seen this hoodie before, but there's a specific reason before <laughs> it, and it has to do with today's guest. But, Rex, before we get to that, who are you rocking today? Going with the Spencer Green Wave. I actually have some uh, some ties to it this time. Uh, girlfriend's family went to Spencer, so got us side with the Green Wave for a little bit. But as Jack mentioned, we're going to see if a Shaw Raider and this former Northside Patriot can get along for at least an hour, boys. Play nice. Jonathan Carastori <laughs> joins on your sidelines. Thank you so much for jump, for coming in on the podcast, Jonathan. Thank you all for having me. Jonathan, uh, let's get right into it first. I mean, you you went to Northside, kind of a product of the area. What was it about sports that, that, that got you into it? Was it just trying to get out of the house to do something, or what was it about football or sports in general? Um, we'll get into this a little bit, but <laughs> sports is something that I placed my entire identity in. So that's where all of my friends um, came from. Um, my popularity, I felt, was just from sports, and it literally is what I identified as is strictly an athlete with that. So, I, lo- I mean, I love sports. Oh. Uh, was football kind of your always your primary sport? Did you play any you know other different sports? You know what you know what was it about? You know did you play any other different kinds of sports? I should say. Yeah, so I was a baseball guy mm-hmm. um, growing up my entire life. Um, in middle school, I played. We had this like four sport award. I went to middle and middle school, and it was uh, soccer, basketball, track, and football. Mm-hmm. But my main sports was was baseball. That's what I wanted to focus on, and. Um, and, and that's why I went to, to Northside as well um, to, to play baseball. Uh, just, so you, the parents were busy with laundry, cleaning uniforms that's all year right. Yeah, between me, my sister, and my little brother. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's lots of laundry. Lots of laundry and going to a lot of sidelines. Um, so obviously part part of being in Columbus are the rivalries. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, I can see, you know, obviously you two are getting along for right now, but that helps that there's a big <laughs> table in between you guys. What was it like with those rivalry games, whether it be football, baseball, and you line up against Shaw, uh, especially the two high schools on the north side? Yeah, rivalry games are always fun. Um, I feel like... All the schools in Columbus was a rival to me. Um, unfortunately, never came on top oh with boy. that show, with the show <laughs> game, at least when I was there. Uh, but, yeah, man, rivalries are always fun. Gets your blood going a little bit, a little adrenaline, stuff like that. So, um, But it's all love for my man, Jack. It's all, it's all love for Jonathan as well. And, listen, the, even though back in the day, Nor- Shaw kind of ran that rivalry, it's been kind of all Northside recently, so – you know, they're getting back. I think they actually lead the season series now, uh, the overall series now. So, yeah. <laughs> Jack had a lot of fun looking back at those highlights of the recent Northside and Shaw game, didn't you, buddy? 
uh, gotta stay biased, Rick. <laughs> gotta stay biased. Jonathan, um, oh, I mean, go ahead, Jack. I didn't mean to cut you off. But uh, so you got an opportunity to play in all these games, and you know, be a in you know, be in a spotlight, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, what was it like? You know, playing under the Friday Night Lights at you know places like Kinnett and Memorial. You know, playing all these teams around the area. You know, what was it like? You know, what was that experience like? I mean, it was amazing. Um, it, it was amazing. It's one of those things that. You know, when you look back at it, not that you take it for granted, but what I always tell, you know, my, my athletes or any athlete I'm around is just be present in the moment. Like, it's important to prepare for the future, the game plan and stuff like that, but to really take a step back and realize, you know, season by season, you're never going to play with this same team again. You'll have people transfer in, transfer out, graduate, but these group of guys or girls, like, this is your one opportunity with them, and that's special. And, um I say all that to say it, it was so amazing. When when I look back at my high school days, you know, some of the some of the things that you'll look at is just those times and getting ramped up, ready to play on a Friday night for football, Friday or Thursday or for baseball. You know, you've got tons of different nights um, throughout the week or weekends that you would play. Um, those are the moments and memories that I look back at with that really good time. Is there a moment that kind of stands out amongst the rest? Uh, my junior year playing Columbus, uh, I feel like that was my coming out party as a high school football player. Um, one WRBL athlete of the week uh, with that back then. Let's go. Yep, there. <laughs> that was actually my first year. I rem- That's why, how I remembered Jonathan before he started doing the impact stuff. That's how I remembered him because we used to always have him on the prep zone on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was probably the, the most important um, game to me and just the most memorable as well with that to receive the recognition from y'all. <laughs> hey, well deserved. Absolutely, man. Do you stay, do you stay in touch with some of your, uh, some of your teammates from back in the day? I do. I do. Um, a lot of my teammates that I would consider my best friends. Um, some of them stayed here. Some of them um, went off the military. Um, but you know, what I like to tell people is even my friends who went off to certain States, let's say Colorado or anywhere in the country, um, even if we don't necessarily talk every single day, a lot of them I do talk to mm-hmm. um, pretty much every day or at least once a week. Whenever they do come back, it's like we never left. I mean, I think that's just the bond that you build from playing sports and being and having those memories together and, and stuff like that. One of the things coming – sorry, Jack. Coming, oh, no. uh, coming as an outsider, one thing I loved about this area is how – dedicated the fan bases you have mm-hmm. fans who go crazy you have student sections that go crazy because you have other places where friday night is more more or less just like a thing to do because everyone else is doing it but people are into it so as right. an athlete what was it like having those cheers come to you and maybe even getting some jeers from your rival which is always a little fun to poke the bear in that sense oh yeah um it's fun it was fun like i said just going back and thinking about um my playing days and and everything like that like that that's what you remember um scores you can remember from time to time time to time, but what you really remember is being on the sidelines with the people going to, to war with you and student sections and just the energy and everything that comes from that. So after your time at Northside, what was next for you? So I actually signed my NLI to play quarterback at Faulkner University, mm-hmm. um, but never showed up simply because of how I said in the beginning, like I placed my t- entire identity in sports. And in sports, it's, failure is inevitable from time to time. However, with me, when I would fail, if my identity is placed in myself solely as an athlete, then I'm essentially 
placing my identity in failure, if you think about it. If I place my identity in myself as an athlete and I'm doing really good, then, you know, you can be too big-headed. And it was just a roller coaster of emotions for me in a very toxic um, lifestyle. So signed my NLI to play quarterback at Faulkner. I want to say that year Faulkner had, like, the number two offense in all of college football, 600 yards per game or something like that. So wow. it was something that I was really – excited about but I knew that I was doing it for all the wrong reasons and that was for the um for placing my entire worth in that and that wasn't healthy for me that's a really really big perspective and kind of a mature perspective to have so was that was it difficult to make that decision ultimately to kind of sit down with that because I knew I couldn't make that decision when I was that at your age at that time right um I just feel like so for me you know we all have this god-sized void in our life and I feel like I was temporarily distracting that with sports. Um, and not that not that I went off to do anything with that God-sized bullet. I actually went to the University of West Georgia um, after that, lasted half a semester, went to through the whole fraternity oh, lifestyle yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, doing things that, that you shouldn't be doing. Um, and there's, I always tell people there's nothing wrong with sports, nothing wrong with um, fraternities what was wrong is what I was doing it for. And that was trying to fill a void um, in my life with anything other than a relationship with Christ. And that kind of leads me to your next point because of your involvement with FCA. Mm -hmm. When, you know, how did that start? So when I went off to the university of West Georgia, um, I don't know if I said this or not, I only lasted half a semester. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that was because um, there were some things going on, the fraternity lifestyle. I wasn't going to to tattletale or snitch. Fair. And so um, basically we were at a pledge retreat um, October 24th, 2014. And I was chosen to basically stay up the the entire night. We had to keep this fire alive um, was one of the things that we did. Um, About an hour off campus, um, that Sunday morning I was awake, the entire time. And I was also the driver of a vehicle to drive people back home. And I fell asleep at the wheel going 60 miles per hour, about five ish miles from campus, if I remember correctly. And as the road was veering this way, me and three of my buddies in the car with me, with me being asleep and them either being heavily intoxicated, passed out or asleep as well. Um, fall asleep at the wheel, go through a telephone pole, split it into multiple multiple pieces and I end up, you know, in the woods. And there was two things that stopped my car from going even further into the woods, and that was these two trees. That were the perfect distance between my left and my right tire. We actually have pictures of it. And as I got out of the car, first making sure everyone was okay, you know, they were by the grace of God. And um, I see those trees, and that I remember right then it triggered, you know, something in my mind. And I, I run up the hill, and I'm talking to the sheriff of Carrollton, and he tells me that that was the worst car accident he's seen in his 13 years of being the sheriff there. And that was at that point in my life, I remember staring off into the distance and looking at all the destruction. And I could li- I could clearly hear God speaking to me, telling me, hey, can you hear me now? And um, although I didn't know everything, although I didn't know everything, it's like him speaking to me. Everything came to realization. I knew that what I was doing as far as trying to fill this void with the things of this world, um, a, a laundry list of things, I, I, I knew at that point the only thing that could fill that void was my relationship with God. And, you know, all the other stuff happened with that, the 
um, interrogations with university officials, and I wasn't going to – like I said, I, I'm not a snitch. I ain't snitching. Hey, there you go. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I called their bluff, and they weren't bluffing, so I came back home. But I remember when I opened up um, the Bible and started really digging into it and learning, you know, that it's a story of redemption and um, how much God loves us and stuff. I, I wanted to um, relay that to people um, the best way that I could, and I started thinking about, well, how can I do that? How can I do that? And I'm sports, sports kept hitting me. Um, and so that's how I got started at Impact due to my desire to, to be around athletes with that and now merging into FCA as well. Wow. That is one heck of a story. Wow. First of all, glad that you're still with us. Yes. Yeah, me as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you speak to these kids at Impact, you know, I, I think – it, it, we've been guilty of it too. It's like you, you pray for a victory. You pray, you pray for championships. Oh, yeah. You pray for all the success, at, you know, play big time ball, all that stuff. But for you, what is the biggest message you want for these athletes that, you know, a relationship with Christ is that he's given you these talents, right? But it's these talents aren't yours. Right. Those victories aren't yours. Yeah. So I, I, I was the type of guy who would always wear, like I believed in God my entire life. Like I really did, but there was no, there was no separation between my belief and, you know, a relationship with him that I, I believed um, that, you know, when I – sort of like how you just said. So I'd be praying for wins and mm -hmm. this, and, Lord, I pray that if you just help me throw all these touchdowns and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But it, was, it, it wasn't anything other than that. It was almost like a genie God that I wanted to grant me wishes, um, and that's not who he is. He's a God who's constantly pursuing us and wants that relationship um, with us. So the main message I give is, you know, God's blessed you with – all these talents and abilities, just go out there and um, glorify him. You know, scripture tells us to do that. And, you know, it's, it's not this participation trophy, this participation trophy, that like we're going out there to compete. Yeah. Like, and, and that comes from my, my training side. Like there's three concepts that I try to drill into, whether it be athletes or teams that I train stuff. And I believe these three concepts is what develop championship teams. And that's develop love and compete. If you do those three things, you're going to be in pretty good shape to utilize your talents properly to to build winning programs or winning seasons, championship teams, and all that good stuff. So, you know, we talked a little bit about you, your, the work you do at Impact Performance. Uh, how how did you end up at Impact Performance? I know Chase and Perry, the uh, owner, you know, really good guy. He came down and created Impact. Uh, how did you get involved? So I uh, so I worked for a company called HPRC. Um, I knew I wanted to get involved in sports or exercise science or something somehow. And so I wanted to be a physical therapist. So I first got that connection. Then I took physics one at CSU. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Lord, this, I got to take, take physics two after this. You know, if there was I'm a with, sign from God, I'm, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with Woo. you. Yeah. So uh, one of my buddies, Eric Summerford, he works at HPRC right now. And best in the business, got to give him that shout out. Um, with that um, as, a, as a physical therapist. And he also um, is, uh, has his CSCS as well. Um, he told me about what I just said, a CSCS, and it's Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. And I started digging into it, and you see that that's the gold standard of training. So if you want to train the top athletes or if you want to have the top opportunities to go um, coach collegiate or at the collegiate or professional level, like you have to have that certification. So that's what I started um, – I guess going down that path to getting that. And I did get it um, with that. Um, and it just so happened, like I posted a picture on Instagram of me, with, like with my certificate and chasing, I, I believe it was green Island 
uh, golf, or maybe I, I don't know where it was. It was, it was golf. I want to say it was Green Island. He mm-hmm. walks in there, and knowing Chasing like that, that man, right? He's gone. <laughs> um, he's good at what he does, but he he goes up to uh, to a guy and asks, "Hey, do you know anyone that's a certified strength conditioning specialist?" And the guy that was there working says, "As a matter of fact, I do. Like I just saw this post, and so he gave him my number, and he called me, and you know the rest is history. Wow, with that so." Sometimes the best business deals are always made at either the clubhouse or right there on That's the right. right there on the That's range. That's right. My man's the best at it. So. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> for Chasen and for you to have this partnership, I think is really important that, you know, to train the mind, the body, but to also nourish the spirit is so important. And and you know, you see athletes around here who have the sign of the cross with their eye black. What's it like for you when you see when you see athletes really invest in that side of it as well? Um, I think that I think it I mean it's big to me. It's literally like you the whole story with Tim Tebow um, writing the verse on his yeah. um, mm-hmm. eye black, you know, the, how many people viewed it after that. And one of the things I wish I would have done a better job at during my playing game, playing days, is utilizing that the popularity of sports because sports has a platform. Um, I don't feel like I did a really good job with that. But to utilize that um, popularity properly to glorify God with that, because like I said, you have a platform. Um, the youth – not even the youth, everybody, um, a lot of people look up to, to athletes and stuff. And if we can utilize that platform properly, you know, there's so many amazing things we can do um, to glorify God and to advance his kingdom with that, um, which is why I'm so happy to be um, full-time at FCA now because, I mean, that's literally their mission is to um, bring coaches and athletes into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's that's everything that I'm about. That's the reason I got into training um, because sports ministry to me was, was everything to me with that. So uh, Jonathan, you know, FCA is all over the place. You know, they're at, I think at the majority of the high schools in our area at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been there for a, a good while now, you know, what do you feel? How do you feel like FCA's message is getting out to the kids in our area? Um, I feel like it's going great. What's really encouraging is seeing, um, coaches as well in our community, like really getting involved um, from all the high schools around middle schools, like they realize that it, there's there's more there's more it, every, it's more than a game, it's more than a game. And like I said, there's a platform that comes with sports, and as as a coach, if you can utilize that platform properly and uh, to teach your athletes or to show them at least you know something bigger than the game itself, like. Um, it, it, so many amazing things can come from that. What is uh, on the other side of that too is that while while it's amazing to see some some of these athletes, like you mentioned, the Tim Tebow, sometimes there's criticism that comes along with it. You mm-hmm. have people who say like, "I don't want to see that kind of stuff when I watch a game. I want to be away from it." I just, just your overall general response to to something like that. Um, you're gonna have people say things. Um, to me, I've never had anyone say anything like that to me directly. But at the end of the day. Um, what, what I would say is my life isn't for me, but it's for God. So everything I'm going to do is, is for him with that. You know, coming for me, I place my identity in the world. I place my identity in all the things that can come with the world. And that almost, that led me into a toxic lifestyle. That led me to a near-death experience. Like, that's not going to do it. So I'm not going to stop. Um, placing my identity in Christ or, or showing that. I'm not saying going around beating people in the head with stuff, but, you know, 
truly doing what we're called to do, and that's to love people. Like literally all the commands in the Bible, the Ten Commandments, all this, they can be summarized into two things, and that's love God and love people. And so if you're building your concepts out of love, um, you're still going to have haters, <laughs> but I, I, it just is what it is, you know, with that. So. Well, what's it like for you? Because you're from this area, and, it, you know, mm-hmm. you can bring in speakers, you can bring in the Nick Sabans, you can bring in the Davo Sweeney's of the world, but for you, you grew up in these, in these, you know, in this area, you grew up playing these games. Do you feel like a, there's a deeper connection when you speak to these athletes on, for, for FCN? Yeah, being in, the, being in this area um, and knowing, you know, just – or just being an athlete in general and knowing what's going on in their minds, you'd be surprised from, from my training days when I used to work at impact um, and being able to work with professional athletes or some of these top division one athletes or really any college athlete division doesn't matter all the way down to, to middle school athletes or um, you know, let's say little league, mm-hmm. like a lot of them are going through the same things and that's your worth only being in your sports. And that's a lie. Now, that's a lie straight straight from the devil. But a lot of them feel like, well, if I don't do this or if I if I don't perform to my ability, people only care about me as an athlete. And you'd be surprised how many of these professional athletes that you watch on um, on TV, like I said, all the way down to Little League, like they feel like that. Because that's how I felt. I never – I signed my NLI to play college. I never played college. You know, my playing day stopped in high school. But all the way from when I was young, starting sports, I'm at the age of eight, like – I wasn't a kid who, who I felt um, had a lot of friends, was very popular, and I think that was the enemy playing on me. However, I start playing sports, and now you've got all of these um, people, you know, basically acknowledging that, hey, you're a bigger kid, you're good, you can throw a football, or you can hit a baseball, and this and that, and you gain friends and stuff with that. So the enemy will use that and twist it into being, well, they only care about you because you can do these things, and... Um, so just to be to be an athlete in general and to know that that's battles that these guys and girls face, but to also be from this community as well, it, it just means a lot to me to be able to um, tell my story, live through it, first of all, but tell my story um, and, and allow them to understand the things that I didn't. And with everything that you went through, you know, during your playing days and then afterwards, you know, how important is that for, for you now to be able to have the platform to, you know, teach kids, you know, to avoid that road and, you know, help kind of pivot them in the right direction? I mean, it's everything to me. Um, I felt like I survived that car accident for a reason, and it was to allow people to, to understand, like I said, what I didn't, um, and to understand the God that I, I thought that I knew. You know, I, I, like I said, I always had a belief in God, but I didn't know him to the extent on a personal relationship level and understand that the devil is going to try to do everything to distract you from a relationship with him um, and, and to place your identity in the things of this world. And, you know, you just you just can't do that. Like, you can try. Um, I, I used to say that I temporarily would fill that void with the things of this world, but I don't even think you can temporarily fill it. I think it's just a distraction. It's like a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. Um, and, and it, it was what I was doing. And like I said, it led me down a toxic lifestyle, um, got me in a lot of trouble, near death experience, um, and things that I, I wouldn't want anyone else to go through. I'm glad I went through them because of what it taught me to be able to, to teach others with that. Um, and, and so I'm just, like I said, I'm glad to be here. 
glad to be alive. This life isn't my own. It's all for God. So whatever I can do as his vessel to portray that message to others, I'll do. I mean, yeah, we, we, we've been lucky to talk to some inspiring people, man. You're right on that same note. <laughs> when you talk about temporarily filling, filling that void, and that, that could be wins, state championships, you know, endorsement deals, all that stuff. And I mean, is that kind of what you, when, what were you talking about? Temporary distractions. Like you could have a trophy room. You could have a room filled with trophies. That's right. But if it's not, if there's zero relationship with God, then what does it all mean? Yeah. It's, I mean, they collect dust at the end of the day. And that, you know, that, that can almost be hard for me to say as someone, um, you know, I started my career as a strength coach before I got into full-time ministry. And, you know, that's what we're preaching all the time. It's wins, 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 like, like hammering it, you know. <laughs> and, and you brought up the fact that, like, yeah, this if this quarterback doesn't perform well, we got five other dudes that we can fill in the void. And then that's kind of – Right, yeah. And um, But but at the end of the day, w- with the big picture, and that's what's so awesome, like I said, about the coaches around this area. Um, at least, like, I officially joined FCA as of August 1st. So going around and talking to coaches um, – and, you know, if, they're, if they let us talk to their team, which the majority, you know, do, and just having that opportunity, they understand that it's more than that. Once again, not a big – I don't like the participation trophy, this and that. If we're going to play, we're going to glorify God with all of our abilities and we're going to win. Like, we're going to compete yeah. um, with that. But um, you see a lot of the times, you know, you can pl- – like I said, you can place your identity in wins and you can place your identity in losses, and that's what the enemy is trying to do. Um, with that, you see with a lot of athletes, um, especially dealing with either collegiate or professional, really, I, I guess at any level, like it doesn't matter, but whenever their playing days are over, um, you know, a lot of them struggle with the who am I factor. Um, and, and it, a lot of that comes from, and I can speak for, for myself, it comes from putting everything that you are, your worth into that for so long, um, with that. Um, and that's something that I learned. Because, you know, I signed my NLI. I was prepared to go play Faulkner, get developed, and, you know, who knows from there. And when I didn't, when I quit playing sports, I went through that who am I factor. And that led me down the road of, of chasing and chasing and chasing. And God finally um, woke me up. He woke me up. I put me to sleep while I was driving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Jonathan, when you um – when you deal with FCA, for those who may not be familiar with it, mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I know there's some people who may not know what it is, you know, not paying attention to the high school scene or the collegiate scene that closely. Can you kind of give them an idea of what FCA's goals are and, you know, what exactly do they do? So it's it's just the to lead every um, coach and athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So nonprofit organization, it's in ton of um, – I want to say like a hundred, over a hundred countries um, in the world, uh, you know, all around the United States and stuff. Um, as for us, we're West Central Georgia FCA. We cover a ten county area around here. But really, I mean, um, to keep it as simple as possible, it's just to grow relationships with coaches, to grow relationships with athletes, allow them to know um, how much God loves them, how much God is pursuing them and to place their identity in something bigger than themselves, um, just athletics in general, um, and just really doing our best to, to lead them into that growing relationship um, with Jesus Christ. The only thing that will truly satisfy you. What's it like for you to speak in front of a group, in front of a, um, a group of young men and young women, you know, who are athletes who, who obviously spend a lot of time in their sport, but to allow them to open this door for them? What's that like for you? It's everything. Like, it's, it's everything to me. Um, 
what I, what I didn't talk about is so after I um, got back home from uh, West Georgia, I, I wanted to, to give back. And I did that um, uh, through impact to the best of my ability. Like my, my platform was training. I wanted to get the best certification that you could get. Um, and, you know, I, I did, I always made an effort to utilize that um, for ministry with that. Like that was my why, that was my goal. Um, but even before that, I started a ministry called Runner Up. I actually wrote a book It's um, that was called Runner Up that has my testimony and stuff like that. And um, we would do things like um, utilize the, the popularity of sports to bring people to play ultimate frisbee or flag mm-hmm. football or basketball because – like for me, when I was in high school, if you asked me to go to church, I would make up every excuse in the world. <laughs> you know, because I, I thought church was boring. Yeah. Like I don't want to go. Been there's, there. Yeah, there's yeah. there's other things that I would rather do. However, if I'm hosting a seven on seven tournament with a hundred dollar cash prize, you know, people are going to come. They want to play in that, and then you just bring a message to them. You actually be the church. Church isn't just a building of bricks. Like we're called to be a body of believers, mm-hmm. um, and to be the church with that. So that's really that's really what I want to do to do all along is sports ministry. And then you know I graduated college. You got to start making money to pay the bills. And so you know I, I got that job. Um, I got the CSCS. Actually, um, a family member of mine works at Stanford University. And when he found out I got the CSCS, he was really hooking me up with connections. I talked to multiple people. I'm on Stanford's roster, like coaches, to get involved in this and that. And I really had to take a step back and realize, you know, over at Impact, I have the opportunity to be around um, boys, girls, all ages, professionals, Little League, like such a wide spectrum of people. And it really made me, made me have to, like I said, take a step back and say, why are you doing this in the first place? You know, and, and it's to be able to spread the gospel to as many people as I possibly can with that. Um, so that's why I stayed at Impact for the, those four years. And then um, I think in March, an opportunity uh, presented itself to join FCA full time. Um, and I dove in like head first into it because I knew that that's what I always wanted to do was sports ministry. And to be able to join an amazing organization like FCA, like that, that's everything to me. What has been the one moment during your time? I know it's been a short time working full-time at FCA, but what's been kind of like the one moment that has stood out to you so far? I think that's sort of a tough question. Um, and what I mean by that is any time that you're talking to kids and you can see them listening and they're actually gathering in what you're saying and planting seeds, like every moment like that is memorable. Um, but like over the summer we'll do things like um, – uh, golf camp, softball camp, you know, the, for example, this past uh, July, uh, yeah, July, I want to say it was, we had softball camp, 17 teams, 380 players and coaches. Wow. And, yeah, we come. It, it's a really cool thing. But to be able to bring – go out, play softball, um, but it's bigger than softball. You know, we'll come in and share a message and go into what we call huddles, um, small group times, and to be able to, to bounce around and see the response from the girls and the softball the girls, the coaches, like everything, and just to have that moment, you almost want to live in those moments because mm-hmm. you're at such like a spiritual high, you know, yeah. if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect um, sense. And it's just one of those things that you crave because it's literally everybody coming together for a common goal, 17 teams across the state, you know, and that's all to, to worship Jesus. The, that's probably the most memorable 
Um, but they're all memorable. Like I said, anytime you're able to, to talk to a kid or a coach and you see that they're starting to get it and seeds are being planted, like that, that, that's everything. It's like the light bulb going off. That's right. And a lot of these kids, I, I'm going to sound a little bit like an old head now, but, you know, with, with social media being such a, a huge presence, that's just a huge factor to, like you said, when, when kids put their worth in being an athlete, mm-hmm. and they can be torn down left and right on social media, whether it be like that. So yep. is that what FCA can also help provide? Is that, you know, this is a place and an avenue where you can be safe and also have something more solid than your worth would be on the field or, or stats can provide? For sure, 100%. What you just said is um, – what you just said, not a lot of people, not enough people say that. And that is, you know, social media, that's something else that you can place your identity in, especially with mm-hmm. filters and likes and stuff like that. Verification checks exactly. and all that. Yeah. And is social media bad? No. Is sports bad? No. no. Like there's a lot of things that are not bad. However, if you're, if you're placing your worth into that, then, you know, then it's bad because it's not going to fill you. There's only one thing that can. There's only one thing that can fill that God-sized void, and that's God, it, you know, with that. Man, I'm just leaving us speechless at, at times, man. John. That, it's it's one of those things because when you find people who found their calling and found where they need to be, it's it's it, you sound like you found what you needed to do and you found a home. How mm-hmm. special is that compared to where you were sitting on the side of that road looking out over that car accident? Yeah, I get. I, y'all see these goosebumps? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that I, might be a first. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's amazing, you know, because I real I realize it. Um, a lot of the times we can still take things for granted. And I'm not saying I take it for granted at all, but like every single day I should be waking up and just thinking like, dude, you shouldn't be here. Like you shouldn't be here. And I do, I think it internally, but you know, when you see God working in the background and connecting dots, like all the connections that he made when I was at impact, um, or all the connections he made during my playing days and like to be able to see him open doors and open doors and open doors. It's like, you you can almost get emotional. Like I said, y'all saw like the goosebumps (laughs) and stuff because, you know, it's, I can look at it as like, I don't deserve this. You know, I I, I don't like, why me? Um, Not like survivor's guilt or anything like that, but it's just amazing that his grace and his mercy, um, you know, when you really look at the big picture of life with that and to see what all he's gotten me through, like it, like I said, it can make you emotional for sure. I mean, if those trees were a couple inches wider, we don't know where you're at. Yeah. None of us had our seatbelts on axes and hatchets wow. all in the car. Oh yep. Nobody got injured. No one and got injured. Everyone walked away. Every, yeah. The paramedics weren't very happy about <laughs> that to the extent, not that, that we weren't injured because they were like, but they're looking they're at like, you sideways. Yo, bro, like, do you not see all this? Like, you're at least like, do you get checked up. Like, do, do, do you not understand how lucky you are? Right, right. exactly. Man. Yeah. So it went from like, okay, we're glad you're alive, to being like immediately like scolding, like, you guys are being dumb about this. That's right. My yep. goodness. And I was like, wow. nope, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> like, they, wow. they can go. You know, I, it wasn't one of those things like, hey, we're not going, you know, to cover something up. Like, but for me, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. No. <laughs> wow. So, if you could tell eighteen-year-old Jonathan where you are today, what what would you say? Mm. I I don't know, I don't know to be honest. Like I said, um, God for God to put me in the position that I'm in, like it's it's everything that I probably would have prayed for. Um, not even knowing that this is what I, what I want, you know, but just to be in the position that I'm in to, to use a story, 
um, in a, a story, when you're in the present moment with that, you can say, why? Like, what good can come from your sports anxiety and placing your identity and your worth? You know, you signed to this amazing opportunity to go to Faulkner, who just put up a record 600 or so offense yeah. per game. Like, I want to say uh, it was Baylor, Faulkner, Eastern Illinois, and Oregon that year. You know, so it was an awesome opportunity that I thought give me a little bit developed. Like I said, I was a baseball player my whole life. I was sort of thrown into the quarterback thing, right. yeah. you know. So just to develop a little bit more and um, learn the game a little bit, learn how to be a quarterback and not just a thrower of the football. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, but for, to, for my sports anxiety and placing my entire identity in that um, and, and the toxicity that came from – from me playing sports, um, to me not going to, to Faulkner to play, then going to West Georgia and almost getting myself and others killed, and then getting suspended from the university, having to come home and tell your parents, you know, have that conversation. Like, you're sitting in that moment, and nothing good, like a multiple-choice quest, quest, a multiple-choice test, what good comes out of this, A, B, C? Like, <laughs> D is like none of the above. Like, you, yeah. you put D right there. You know, yeah. I would have. And to be where I'm at um, now, and like I said, it's all God working through through the, through every situation. But for him to lead me to where I'm at now, um, I, I think I would be speechless, just like how I was when you asked the question. Not only because I can't even describe the things that led up to that moment, to be in the position I'm in, to look at 18-year-old 18, 18 me, it would just be one of those things like, you have no idea it's about to happen, you know, <laughs> so, something like that. So I, I think speechless would be the best way to, to answer that. What keeps you motivated? That I shouldn't be here. That's the, that's the biggest motivation point to me in that there's tons of people out there who have the same mindset that I do. Um, and, and the fact that that mindset is as toxic as I've been saying that it is, that keeps me motivated because I want people to understand the things that, that I didn't, you know, and how, how much freedom there is when you place your identity in Christ. Because no matter what, like, you're going to go through battles. You're going to get your bumps and bruises. We're not called to live an e easy lifestyle. Like, we were never said that that was going to happen. Um, obviously, you know, you, you look at Christ and his life. He didn't live an easy lifestyle. He got crucified. All of his <laughs> followers, same type thing, you know. Um, so we're not called to live an, an easy lifestyle. However, when you place your identity with him, you know that the eternal war is already over because he, he defeated death on the cross and he resurrected with that. And if you're placing your identity in that, then you're placing your identity in victory no matter what. No matter what goes on in this temporary, temporary world, you're going to fall down, you're going to get back, you, you know, you got to get back up, you're going to get hit, you're going to get knocked around, you're going to go through things. But if you're placing your identity in an eternal um, perspective, and that's Christ's victory. With that, you have that joy. Um, you, you have joy because no matter what you go through, you know that eternally you're victorious. So, if you, for kids who may be, you know, along that same path, and I, I think your story is relatable to a lot of people, I'll tell you straight up, is relatable to me. So for your for your story, whenever you run to a, a student or an athlete who is, you know, in that kind of a similar situation to what you were in, what do you tell them? Um, I, I really just tell them my testimony and allow them to, to, to realize that, you know, what I like to tell people is the fear of almost dying 
is what I think made me fully surrender my life to Christ. But opening the Bible and discovering that this isn't a book of laws and this isn't a book to beat people over the head with, but it's literally a book of his redemption and his love you know, for you. And when you start to open that and you realize how I'm getting the goosebumps again, <laughs> you, you realize, over here too, believe you, you know, his unconditional love. And he did that for you. He voluntarily, Jesus voluntarily left heaven, came to earth, voluntarily jumped on the cross, voluntarily, um, you know, died and, and rose from the grave. And he did all of that because of, out of his love. Cause he knows he wants to spend eternity with us. And the only way that he could do that is by doing by doing all that, you know, because we don't measure up. But placing our identity with him means we are identifying with him. Um, that, that's literally what the definition of a Christian is. And I, I wish I would have understood that back, like, back in the day is that, you know, if you say I'm a Georgian, you're literally saying I'm of Georgia. So if you're saying I'm a Christian, you're saying I'm of Christ. Um, so if we're going to be of Christ, let's love and let's, let's do as he did. Let's serve um, and, and stuff like that. Jonathan, we need, we need at least 10 more like you, man. So <laughs> uh, a lot more than 10, man. but, um, you know, for, for you to just constantly be motivated by this is it's really inspirational and just to see, but for you, like to see kids, like, well, let's go back to like planting the seed. When you see those seeds be planted and you see those kids as they go off to the next stage of life, whether that be college or just post-graduation and you see them flourish and succeed in that, in that relationship with God, do you get a sense of pride as well to see them, like for them to take that kind of commitment? I get a sense of pride, not in myself. It's very filling and rewarding to see that, but a sense of pride in just how, like, and we can't even describe it, but just what their eternity looks like. You know, no matter what, no matter what, we live in a temporary world, but I know what their eternity looks like because of decisions that they've made and that the Holy Spirit's worked on through them. Um, and to be a part of it, just to to act as a vessel, and you know, to go where God's calling me to go is very filling. But it's nothing to do with me; it's everything to do with God. How do people get involved with FCA or reach out to to, to at least get more information about it? Yeah, so you can contact um, myself seven zero six four four two four five zero three is my personal cell phone number. My supervisor uh, Lamar Weaver, um, you can contact him as as well. You can find his information on our website. Um, westcentralgeorgiafca.com, um, or you can uh, get a hold of me on Instagram, Facebook. All you have to do is type in my name with that. We would love all of the help. Um, like I said, a church isn't a building of bricks, but it's a body of believers. And what I really what I really feel like we can do in this city, there's so much division um, in, in our nation, really in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, you get the Columbus jokes and this and that. There's so much stuff going around that – Sports has such a, like I said, a pop popularity and platform that we can unite together, whether that be volunteers or schools or organizations. And, you know, for a greater good for Christ, you know, sports is what gets us together and Christ is why we do what we do. And if we could unite together, I feel, and share that concept of love, I feel like we could transform this community um, with that. And what a better way through the amazing organization of FCA. You've been able to reach out to, you know, kids all across the Chattahoochee Valley with your message and your word. What is your overall message to, you know, you have the platform right here. You know, what would you like to tell everybody, you know, to about FCA and about, you know, spreading the word, word of God and your um, mission to help bring people together? I think the, the best message I can give is 
nothing in this world is going to fill you besides that relationship with God. Like our entire mission is, like I said, to lead every coach and athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So the best message I can give you organizationally and from me personally is I I, I did I chased everything I, I won't get into everything sure. you know because mm-hmm. I, I could I could pull out an encyclopedia and start naming <laughs> stuff but you know I, I chased the world I chased my worth and the things of the world um, and and it's not gonna get it done you see um, you see it with celebrities or athletes you know they they work and work and work and work and you get to this moment and you realize like. Oh, there's got to be something else. That's literally the words that Tom Brady said in one of his interviews. Like, I've got all these Super Bowl rings. I'm with a, a supermodel. I've got, you know, I'm the GOAT. Right. But there's there's got to be something else. This isn't it for me. And so if he's saying like that and he's got all these accomplishments and this and that, like how, how much more true is that for us? You know, I'm just speaking as an athletic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so – the main message I can give is the only thing worth placing your identity into is God. And he's the one pursuing us constantly. Like he's pursuing us. Um, and all he wants us to do is turn around and embrace it. Do you have a favorite Bible verse? Um, John three thirty is probably my favorite Bible verse. Um, I like a lot of Bible verses, of course, but yeah. John three thirty is, um, he must become greater. I must become less. Um, it's very, it's very simple, but the meaning behind it is so much bigger. And that is like throughout life, I need God to become greater and more important, more important. And it'd be less about me and more about him with that. Wow. I mean, we can only just be saying amen throughout this entire thing, right? (laughs) I mean... Uh, yeah, you're doing incredible work, Jonathan. Yeah. And for, yeah, I appreciate for, y'all. Thank, I know that your schedule is absolutely insane, but you know it's it's really it was important for us to, for you to come on here, just because again, like you said, you're, you're a guy in the community who wants to change things around, and yeah. um, you know, one step at a time, maybe one one person at a time, we could all we could all do that. But uh, man, <laughs> speechless yet again, yeah. man. I appreciate uh, it. Before before we go, Rex, we know we always have to ask this question. Oh yeah, and this is actually a unique one because. You're our first guest. We ha- we always ask at the end of every episode our guests if they would want to, who would they want to see in that chair, and you are the first person that we had on that was recommended by one of our guests. Uh, Taquan Marshall recommended. That's my man. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so that's I, awesome. He speaks very highly of you. Yeah, uh, I think he's, he's up coaching it. in the Atlanta area now. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, a rec- awesome. so you were just only recommended by a record-setting quarterback over at Georgia Tech. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. But we got to ask you now. Who with, do you want to see? With the caveat that you got to help us get them, who okay. do you want to see on your on this show on your sidelines? Uh, what aspect are y'all looking for? I mean, there's a lot of names that come come to mind. First one that comes that comes to your mind. Um, probably, I know that he's he's still in season, but Jordan Weems. Um, oh, that's yeah. a, good a guy one. who has a really good story. Um, just from um, some of the stuff that we've talked about personally, and he's just such a good guy. I think would be what would be an amazing guy to get in here um, with that. I mean, there's a lot of them: Steve Smith, Jason Perry, Lamar Weaver, my supervisor. Yeah. Like, well, it's true. We got our next 12 episodes set exactly. up with Jonathan. That's awesome. I think we're set through the year. Jonathan, you've been a blessing, and continue. Thank you Good luck, and continue to be a blessing in this community. I think you know we we all know that this is God's design. I have no idea why I am here. Amen to that, Rex. Just thank you so much for your time, man. Stick around. We're going to wrap this up, but we'll talk a little bit afterwards. But, um, Jack, once again, Dylan, with my man, with with the right cue, inspired 
Yet again, Karasura was talking about how goosebumps were flying left and right. I, I got them on my end. What about you? I, I have chills right now, man. I, I literally have chills. It's This has been fulfilling, rewarding. Yeah. Um, 14 for 14, that's all I can say. And I, I think the biggest message we've taken away from this is that, yeah, we have a God-side void. And as many championships, as many wins or losses are there, the relationship with him is the only thing that can fill that. So amen to that, Jonathan. Good luck to you. Thank you. Um, to see where we can find this out, here we go. Going to get this right eventually. But, guys, you can check out this episode on WRBL.com. We're also available on Spotify, um, iHeart, and Apple Podcasts. Booyah! Learning people. Yes, he's got it. <laughs> Jack, where can they find us on social? Yes, you can follow us on social media. I am at TV. Rex is at Rex Castillo TV over on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook, WRBL Jack Patterson, WRBL Rex Castillo. Of course, follow the News 3 Sports pages as well. Rex, take us home, my man. My guys, an another incredible episode. Jonathan Carastor sharing how important a relationship with God is. As much as wins, losses, and development are, you got to develop your yourself spiritually as well. God bless you, Jonathan. Thank you for stopping by. We are better for it. Guys, we'll see you in two weeks right here on your sidelines. Catch you later, guys.